Well, it's nice to be here again. Nice to see a lot of people I know and some that I don't know, but after today maybe I'll know them. God bless you. Real proud of this church here. And uh, actually, this is the first time I'm preaching since I had my uh, heart surgery last fall. I had uh, open heart surgery, all that stuff, you know, I'm sure you're interested. (laughs) A couple of new valves and one repaired and all that kind of stuff. But uh, God was with me. And the interesting thing about that surgery, even though it was a big old long cut, when it was over, it didn't even hurt. (laughs) I imagined, you know, that... uh, that when, uh, before the surgery, I imagined that I was going to have all kinds of pain there, you know. And it, it never hurt, just a little bit of sting-like there, you know. And so I just praise God for helping me and uh, for the privilege of being here to minister to you today. God bless you. God bless this church. And he has blessed this church. He really has. Praise the Lord. Well, if you have your Bibles... I will look to 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 18. Now, they didn't tell me how long I was supposed to preach. Uh, And, uh, you know, there's a lot of things coming up afterward, so that's the part I don't know. Usually, when I was a pastor, uh, I'm a pastor for 40 years, actually 50 years, counting the 10 at... uh, First church of the Nazarene there in Porterville. Uh, But uh, I would always end at 12 o'clock. And if the service was long before me, then I preach a short sermon. But if it was short before me, then I preach the long sermon. (laughs) But uh, I'll, I'll look at the clock and make sure there's time for the other things that you'll be doing afterward. Praise the Lord. 1 Corinthians 1.18 For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved it is the power of God. Let's ask God's blessing on his word so it will be meaningful to our hearts. Heavenly Father, how thankful we are to be here. Lord, the fact that everyone who is here, is is here, is because of you. You brought us together to worship you. Lord, if there's one that has not yet given his or her heart to the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray that before they leave this place, that they will. And for the rest of us who know you, oh God, refresh in our heart the meaning of these words that we've read today. In Jesus' name, amen. The message of of the cross, Paul says, is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. The Apostle Paul, of course, was uh, burdened down with the concern of the churches, and uh, so he writes to them and instructs them, uh, what, about two-thirds of the New Testament is written by 
the Apostle Paul and his letters to the churches. The church at Corinth was uh, certain not just a social gathering, it wasn't a political group, it wasn't a club. This was the church of the living God, which causes Paul's burden. Now these are saints of God who need correction, encouragement, and instruction. And by the way, we find all that here, don't we, huh? We find correction, encouragement, and instruction. And that's why the preachers preach. That's why I'm preaching today. <laughs> to, to help in these matters. There are two kinds of problems in life that we all must face. And I just simplify them. Natural things, natural problems that come up. And also spiritual problems that we have. Is this mic all right? Do you hear me okay? I, I can't tell for, for certain. First of all, there are natural problems that we all face. Sickness is one of them. How many have been sick in the last month? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I started to say how many are sick right now, but uh, <laughs> probably, probably a few are sick right now too. But uh, in the natural, we have these problems of sickness. You know, we have chicken pox when we're little and measles and colds and more serious diseases and... and uh, uh, certainly we have, uh, in the natural, we have financial problems and sometimes family problems. All kinds of problems that you could name. And there are accidents that happen to us. Older people like me are prone to fall. You know, have you ever fallen down, hurt your leg, hurt yourself? All right, I have. Not long ago, I, not long ago, I, I fell off a ladder. You know, I, I was going somebody else, huh? So I was going up the ladder, and I thought, no, I'm just not going to make it. I just don't have the strength. This was just before I had my surgery, and and uh, I just thought, well, I'm going to go down. Well, I thought I was at the bottom. <laughs> And I took that long step down, backwards, and the only thing that saved me was a rose bush. Oh. <laughs> and it saved the fall, but of course it left its little imprints as well. So, <laughs> well, we, we all have these things. And we like, when things like that happen, we like to quote Romans 8.28, for we know that all things work together for good. Sometimes it's hard to figure out. Uh, how they work together for good. But uh, it doesn't mean that God sends them our way, but when these things happen to us, He is there to bless us and to help us. Aren't you glad that every problem you have, you can take to the Lord? The other day I was praying and I thought, my goodness, there's millions, what is it, seven and a half billion people uh, I heard the other day in, in our country I'm, and the world. I remember when there was only six, so things are happening. But uh, uh, I, was, uh, I, was, I was praying about some need I had, and I thought, goodness sakes, there's billions of people out there that God has to deal with. Do I have a right to bring my little any problem to him, and uh, but I do. Yeah. Amen. Amen. You have a right to take that leg ache to the Lord. Some sister told me she's going to have to have surgery 
pretty soon, quote. So you have a right to take that to the Lord. Amen. Those, those needs. He's our Savior. He's our Keeper. He loves us. And believe it or not, with all the billions in the world, He likes to talk to you too. Amen. He loves you. I had to, had to think that through for a while. I just had my little problem and, and I had to remember that He loves me. Praise God. Praise God. Then there are, are spiritual problems. And that's what Paul is concerned about regarding the Corinthians. If you read through the book, you'll find he deals with division here. This, this church uh, that, that, uh, that was to worship God and to serve God. And, and yet they had division. They had some people say, well, I like Paul the best. And somebody else says, well, I like Apollos. And, and they had, they had their, their, their divisions in the church. And uh, then they had, uh, he had to teach about carnality. What is that? Oh, that's doing bad things. I'll just put it that way. And then fornication. That's another bad thing. And, and then these people even had to deal with, he even had to deal with idolatry. You see, uh, when we read in these epistles and we see all of these problems that the church have, we have to remember that they didn't have this yet. And that's what these letters were for, to instruct them. But those same letters are for us today. Amen. When God inspired the Apostle Paul and the others who wrote, uh, when He inspired them to write regarding the problems and the understandings and the... the, the uh, uh, holiness of God and all the various things that they talk about. Uh, he wrote for all time. Praise God. Yes. Amen. And the Holy Spirit knew when to, inst to instruct people that this was it and no more. Yes. Uh, there's been some that keep trying to add to it, but don't you believe it. You better settle it right here. This is God's Word. Praise the Lord. Amen. So, some people are... Searching for the perfect church. I don't know, there might be somebody brand new here today, you know, that came, well, I'm going to try this one out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to see if these people are perfect. Well, when you think of the church and you are thinking of perfect people, I want to tell you something. They ain't no such church. <laughs> Oh, no, oh, no. But if you're thinking of the church as the body of Christ, you'll find perfection. Hallelujah. Praise God. His church is perfect, even though all of his people may not be perfect. Jesus said, I'll build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against us. And Colossians tells us that the church is the body of Christ. So this is the body of Christ meeting together today. Amen. And our Christ is perfect. We may have a few flaws, you know, but uh, and we need to work on them. Don't, don't excuse yourself. So Paul gives a solution to their problems in his writings and ours. At the beginning of this very letter, it's the message of the cross. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. 
So those who do not believe this, who do not have it in their hearts, are perishing. They're on their way to hell. A lot of churches don't use that word anymore, but the Bible does. i got to use it. Amen. Amen. And, and there are people who are perishing daily on their way to hell. But it says, to us who are being saved, praise God, it is the power of God. Hallelujah. The message of the cross of Jesus and what he did there and what happened there is for us. And we believe it and we trust in it. So, Paul gives a solution to their problems at the very beginning of this letter as he talks about the cross. And if he can get people to look through the cross, they'll cease from their wrongdoing. I want to tell you something. No matter what happens to you, and no matter what you're going through, and no matter what you're studying, don't ever forget the cross. That's where our Savior died for you and died for me. And if we can get people to look at the cross, they will cease from their wrongdoing. The cross speaks of Christ's love. And the scripture says, Greater love hath no man than to lay down his life for his friends. Not long ago, where was it where the people were in church just like we are today? A church about the size of we are today. And somebody came in and shot how many people? I forgot. Shot people. And then there are different, in, uh, some of the happenings there are told and one of them was that a parent, mother, I can't remember. I'm getting old, I can't remember anything. But I do remember that somebody stood in the way of their children. And that's what Jesus did. He stood in the way of our being lost for eternity. Hallelujah. He stood in the way. Greater love hath no man than to lay down his life for his friends. And of course, we have that wonderful verse that says, For God so loved the world, so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Oh, hallelujah. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you can remember when you're going through your darkest hour, if you can just somehow remember that Jesus loved you so much, he went to the cross for you, died for you. For God so loved that he gave the message of the cross. When you're tempted to do wrong, when you are discouraged or you're ill, Remember, Jesus died on the cross for you. He loves you. Praise the Lord. One song says, Who am I that a king would bleed and die for? (laughs) Well, he created you. And he loves you. Don't forget that Jesus loves you. Don't forget that Jesus loves you. Don't forget that he died so that you wouldn't have to die and go to hell. But you could go to heaven. He died so you could go to heaven. Hallelujah. Paul says, We preach Christ crucified to the Jews, a stumbling block 
and to the Greeks foolishness. The Jews didn't want a crucified Savior. They wanted a warrior king who would come in and kill all those Romans, you know. That's what they wanted. And then how could Jesus possibly be the Savior because there was a scripture in the Old Testament that says, Cursed is anyone who hangs on a tree. And that's absolutely right. Jesus became the curse for us. He died for us. No wonder on the cross he just cried out to his Father, My God, why have you forsaken me? How terrible it would be. But he did it for us. The Jews didn't want that kind of Savior. So they stumbled over it. How embarrassing it would have been to have your king crucified. Then the cross was foolishness to the Gentile world too. The whole idea of God becoming a man and dying for the sins of the world. And they're still stumbling over those things, aren't they? Foolishness to the Greeks, to those learned people of that day. It was foolishness. And since that very day, and I'm not going to go into the scriptures, but since that very day, the Bible predicts it, there would be more among us common people. I hope you don't mind me calling you that. I said us. More of us common people find Christ than those who are rich and famous. The Bible says that. It really says that. Because it's foolishness. And we're just simple little old people and we say, no, it's the word of God. <laughs> and we believe it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Maybe that part's not good, but... <laughs> oh, but to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God, the scripture says, because, here's what it says, because the foolishness of God is wiser than men. And the weakness of God is stronger than men. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What might seem foolish to the world. And you know people who probably think you're foolish because you go to church because you're a Christian. They probably can't understand it. All of us know people like that. But the foolishness of God, that foolish business of the cross, how can that save anyone? How could he come forth from the grave? How could he ascend? How could he actually come back again? The dead in Christ will rise first. And then we who are alive and remain, and I kind of want to be one of those, <laughs> will be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. Hallelujah. That's foolishness, isn't it? Oh, no. It's God's word. It's God's word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Have you ever been embarrassed by the teachings of the Bible or ever been embarrassed about your church or about your worship or what you believe? As, as an early teenager, I was. My dad was a preacher. He was a pastor. And at school, in one place we lived, I just didn't want anybody to know my dad was a preacher. 
The problem was the parsonage was right next to the church. <laughs> and and we'd, I'd, I'd get off the school bus and walk with some friends and I'd head off another direction and go around a block or so to, to get to the parsonage. Isn't that awful? I remember one day when the Lord finally took that away from me. But I was, you know, just kind of embarrassed. And and the sad the sad thing is, one of the boys that I would walk with, you know, and I'd leave him and go my route. After we moved away from there, Dad, we moved away to pastor, Dad, pastor of the church, and uh, that that boy came to the church then, got saved, and when he grew up, he became a minister. And when I heard that many years later, I felt horrible. Because I didn't invite him to church. And I didn't want him to know I went to the church. (laughs) But God brought him in. (laughs) Hallelujah. The preaching of the cross is the power of God to you and me. Hold on to the truth of the cross. That faith in the death of Jesus Christ on the cross means your salvation, your eternal life. If you don't believe it, you can't go to heaven. And if you do believe it, it comforts you and blesses you until that day when you do go to heaven. I'll never forget when I visited my dying brother-in-law Lloyd up in Washington State. Laura and I were there, and we were there for about a week, and then we had to go home. And as we were leaving, just before we went out the door, he was over in a chair bed there, and he he raised his hand and he said, I'll see you up there. And just exactly one month from that day, I preached his funeral. Had to go back up there. But I'll never forget that. Lloyd wasn't a Christian when we first met him, but he came to know Christ. And he knew he wasn't going to live long. And he just raised his hand and said, I'll see you up there. Praise God. Hallelujah. Uh, may that be my testimony to every one of you. If I don't, if I don't see you again, I want to see you up there. Praise God, praise God. Hold on to the message of the cross. Trust in it like a little child. Believe it as if your life depended on it because it does. Scripture says, and I won't have time to talk about it, but starting at verse 26 in that same chapter. For you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise... Not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. Isn't that sad? You know, when I think of colleges like Harvard, who is established as a religious college, and now you'd have a hard time living a Christian life in that place. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things that are mighty. 
and the base things of the world and the things which are despised God has chosen and the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are that no flesh should glory in his presence. Boy, a lot of sermons there, but I won't get into them. Do you remember the story of the Tower of Babel? We just say Babel. It sounded more like it, but I guess it's supposed to be Babel. Genesis 11th chapter. This was a godless society whose goal was, and the scripture says this, to make a name for themselves. That's what they're doing, and they're trying to build that big tower to make a name for themselves. Now, there's nothing wrong with great technological achievements. You know, that's not a sin. We, we all thought, I, I don't know, maybe you come from a different background, but when I was a little boy and, and uh, television became came out and became popular, you know, uh, uh, as a preacher, you didn't dare have a television for a while. I remember one preacher that called it Hellevision. Hellevision. And somebody told me that he preached and used that term, and it wasn't too long until he had one himself. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with all the great things that are being invented and created, and I can't keep up. I don't even try it. But when we leave out God and exalt ourselves above God and forget the cross, we're doomed for destruction. When we exalt ourselves for our achievements, just say, oh, how can, how can there be a God who does all those things and, you know, and has a heaven and has a hell for those who are lost? And how can all that stuff be? And sometimes I look at some of the things that are invented and I think, well, how can that be? <laughs> In London, a uh, small boy was lost, is a true incident. In the big city, I've never, how many have been to London? Anybody been to London? Oh, there's several, yeah. My daughter's been there, but I haven't, haven't been there. But anyway, he was uh, lost. But he did remember that there was an area called Charing or Charing Cross. I don't know if it's Charing or Charing Cross. But for short, the Britishers just called it Cross, the Cross. And it was, in the, it was an area that was in the exact center of London. It's in the exact center of London. And... Uh, so this little boy was lost, and the policeman couldn't find the boy's home. He didn't know where to go with him. And finally the little fellow said through his tears, Take me back to the cross. I can find my way home from there. <laughs> and we as Christians, we, <laughs> we can get the meaning of that. The cross is our way home. Believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sins, rose again. All the hymns written about the cross, the old rugged cross, in the cross, beneath the cross of Jesus. When I survey the wondrous cross, 
There's room at the cross, and on and on and on. And I love the cross songs because they remind me of what Jesus has done for me. And so once again, the text for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it's the power of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for the cross. You sent your Son. Oh, God, we think of the agony where he prayed in the garden but said, Not my will, Father, but thine be done. We think of the terrible suffering he went through and died. And Lord, may I remember that it was for the world, yes, but it was for me. It was for me. How could it be? How could he love me so? But it was for me that he died. Lord, for each one who's here today, and if, Lord, if there's somebody here today and they have not accepted the Christ on the cross, of the cross, as their Savior, I pray that uh, they will. Oh, Jesus, come into our hearts.